Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Today, I want to speak on the subject, when other people say you can. What's the name of, of the subject? When other people say you can. And we're based on our series that we're speaking about the future is. So Nelson Mandela, who has heard of Nelson Mandela, everyone, he's got a really, really cool story because, you know, he was like a super excited guy about human rights. And he wanted to make a difference in South Africa. So he was able to go to college, to go to university, to become a lawyer. And then right there what happened is that he started doing like peaceful protests as well. And when he started doing peaceful protests, he, he thought, oh, this is going to work. People are going to get excited and like the government is going to back us up and we're going to start making a difference because there was like segregation as well. And there was so much unfairness going on. And he started doing that, but suddenly the government started attacking them. And he, they started, they answered with weapons, shooting at them. So Nelson Mandela was like really, really mad. And he's like, okay, what's up? We're being peaceful about this. Why are they answering like this? Why are they shooting at us? So he's like, in that anger, he's like, we have to get back at them. We have to use weapons. So they started using weapons as well and fighting against them. And obviously, Nelson Mandela became a target for the government because he was like all out with weapons. So he became a target and eventually they caught him and they put him in prison. And what was the sentence? Life in prison, right? So what would you do if you had that sentence? Life in prison. What kind of future awaits you if that would have happened to you? Do you think, I don't know, like maybe, oh, I'm just gonna get depressed, I'm gonna commit suicide, and this is it for me? Perhaps, right? I did all this fighting. But he actually said that this time, when he was in prison, something happened in him. What did he do during that time in prison? He started reading Christian books. He started reading the Bible. And he started to get inspired. And he's like, wow, we can never lose our hope. Actually, I read from other authors that he needed that time in prison. Because before, he was just like, angry and we need to get back at them but during this time in prison that he had so much time to think about life he was just praying he was just reading he was just meditating on this and he's like we can never lose hope look at what he says he says two things number one he says remember that hope is a powerful weapon even when all else is lost remember that hope is a powerful weapon even when all else is lost he wrote this from when he was in prison 
What did he also write? He also said this, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. A winner is a dreamer who never gives up. He probably had no future. He probably had no hope, but he understood that regardless of the situation he was in, he was never ever going to lose hope. He knew that his vision of South Africa becoming a united nation with no racism and just one was not his idea. This was God's idea because that didn't come from him. Perhaps at first it came from him, but then it came from God. So think about this. What kind of vision do you have? And let's look at the difference between a God idea and a good idea. What's the difference between a God idea and a good idea? This is what happened to Nehemiah. Because who could fix a hundred-year-old problem? You know, Nehemiah, as we know about this, and as we've seen and heard about his life in his last two weeks, he was trying to fix 100 years that the wall was in ruins. 100 years. And people had tried to rebuild the walls. A lot of people had tried to rebuild the walls, but they had failed. They had failed. So Nehemiah comes along and he's like, I'm going to pray about it as we read about it. And he actually prayed for this for four months and he fasted for this. And as we studied, this concern turned into a vision and he knew this was a vision. And let's look at what Nehemiah 2.17 says. It says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. This is what Nehemiah told his people. He knew this was a God idea. He knew that God wanted to see this come through. So there's a difference between our ideas and good ideas. I mean, our ideas and God ideas. Good ideas are limited to our potential connections and resources. So everything in a good idea depends on you. God has nothing to do with it. But a divine vision is limited only by God's ability and his resources. You definitely need God in this. You definitely need the supernatural power of God. This is why during this time, we've been so faithful in our prayers. I know a lot of you fasted as well. And during these 52 days, we know that God is putting into you, birthing perhaps that vision that comes from him. And that vision that, as we said, for this church is for everyone in this church to see themselves as a leader. Not just to see yourselves as a member, but as a leader who can do supernatural things in God's kingdom. Tell the person next to you, you are a leader. 
Tell the other person next to you, you're a leader. And then we see what happens after Nehemiah casted that vision. He's like, everyone, come. We're going to build the walls. We're going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Imagine that. People were being attacked. People were being like thrown at and like totally down because they were like the losers. You know, Jerusalem was in ruins. They had no protection and they were everyone's target. So here comes this guy. He's serving wine to the king and he has a high position. And finally the king said, okay, you can go ahead. You can go ahead and rebuild the city. So he finally comes. For three days, he doesn't say a thing to the people. He's just looking, praying, finding the right time. Finally, he, he finds the right moment and he says, hey, everyone, let's build the walls. So everyone gets on board because there, here comes a leader. So this concern turned him into a leader. A lot of times when things are going bad, you're like, man, this is wrong. What's going on here? I got to be the leader. I'm going to rise up. There's got to be something we could do. And a lot of visions start like this with a concern. So finally he says this, hey, look, we can do it. I have the king's favor. I have the materials. I've been working on this for four months. Let's totally do it. So everyone gets on board. And then what happened? Other people started to say, you cannot do it. So that's when other people say you can't. And let's look at what this verse says, Nehemiah 2.19. It says, but when Sambalat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? Wow. So at first, when I heard this, I was like, these people, they must not be Jewish because they don't love the people of Israel. They don't love the city. They don't love Jerusalem. But then I was, as I was researching, I was like, they were Jews. Imagine this. They were Jews, but they did not love Jerusalem. They did not want the walls to be rebuilt. So it's like those type of envious people who don't want anyone to prosper by themselves. It's like, you cannot do it. So those people that are filled with like anger and it's like, if I can't do it, you can't do it. Have you met those people? <laughs> yeah. And it, that's how they are. If they're bitter, then everyone is too bitter. If they're mad, they don't want anyone else to prosper. So first start by examining yourself. Are you the kind of person who's envious, selfish? Do you get mad? Do you get jealous when other people prosper? Or do you get happy when other people are doing good? And then you're like, wow, that's great. I can learn from you. What kind of person are you? Think about this. So how does opposition speak? When you, when you cast out vision, how does opposition speak? It says, you cannot do it. You say, hey, I'm going to do this. I have this project. And then people come at you and say what? It cannot be done. Keep dreaming. You don't have the talent. That's impossible. Stop it. And people are always going to come and do those things. 
Have you had that experience? I think. And also think about this. What kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person who lifts other people up? Or are you the kind of person who discourage others? When they come to you and say, hey, look, I want to do this. God spoke to me. What if we try this? What kind of person are you? Tell the person next to you. Ask him, what kind of person are you? What kind of person are you? Are you an encourager or a discourager? <laughs> what kind of person are you? And you know what? There are spiritual opponents as well. As you're trying to conquer something supernatural, there are also spiritual opponents. Let's look at what the word says in Ephesians 6, 12. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against principalities. I'm sorry. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirit in the heavenly world. So you're, you have to be a prayer warrior. Tell the person next to you, you have to be a prayer warrior. Because not only are you fighting perhaps against people who come at you and say, you cannot do it, you're crazy, keep dreaming, that's never gonna happen. Imagine that happened to Nelson Mandela. He was like, we're gonna be a united nation. It can be done. But people were coming at him. The government was coming at him. Then he was sentenced to life in prison. Your dream is over. But during those 27 years in prison, he never lost hope. He said, we can do it. So not only are you fighting against those people, but you're also fighting against spiritual opponents. And this is super important because we have a very, very special weapon and a powerful weapon, which is the blood of Jesus. And with the blood of Jesus, you can come at these spirits and you can conquer all of these things because there are things in the spiritual world, like we said, rulers of, the, of this world, principalities, and you can step on them, but how do you win this battle? With the blood of Jesus. How do you do it? With the blood of Jesus. So you gotta come at them and you gotta be smart and know how to pray. And you know our pastor, he's got a great book. You know that? The power of the blood of Jesus. And it's, there's a, a, a small version of it that it can really help you on how to pray. I use that book almost every day in my prayer time. And this is going to help you fight these spiritual opponents. Now, how are you going to respond when these attacks come? When these people come and get you? When these people come and criticize you? I love this version of the Bible, the message. It's so cool. Have you read it? Look, look what it says. It's so funny. It says, I should back. The God of heaven will make sure we succeed. We're his servants and we're, gonna, we're going to work rebuilding. You can keep your nose out of it. You get no stay in these Jerusalems. None of your business. 
tell the person next to you, it's none of your business. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's so funny. The other versions are more like polite, but this is funny. So how are you going to respond to these people? Well, you're probably not going to tell them in their face, it's none of your business. Or maybe you are. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you feel like doing it. But you're going to tell these people like, oh, sure, I'm going to keep fighting for what I know it's right. I know this is God's vision for my life, whether you like it or not, <laughs> right? And a lot of people don't like it when you have God's vision in you. And they're going to come at you. And they're going to say like, are you crazy? And this is what Sambalat and Tobiah said to these people. You can never do this. It's not possible. They've tried it for a hundred years and you're basically not going to prosper. And then Nehemiah comes and he's like, we're going to succeed because we are God's servant and we're going to get to work. And it's none of your business. So I know I have the king's permission and I know we're going to get people on board and we're going to get this done. And you know what? He got it. He was able to finish the wall in 52 days. Give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Nehemiah. So it's a God-given vision that wasn't possible, that nobody believed it could be done, that nobody had been able to do it in over 100 years. And here comes Nehemiah. He believes it's God's vision. These people come and say, hey, we have a high place here in Jerusalem because they weren't just talking. They actually had a place of importance there in Jerusalem. They're like, you cannot do it. Here we are. And we're going to do everything in our power so you cannot build a wall. And then he comes and he's like, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. Keep your nose out of this. But if you keep reading these following chapters they kept coming at him they kept attacking him day and night so they never stopped attacking God's vision but they remained faithful they remained faithful to what God had given them which was a godly vision you know I remember when I was dating with Julian Where's Julian? Woo! That's my husband, by the way, if you don't know it. We've been married for almost 10 years. Woo! A decade. And we're finally getting to understand each other. I'm just kidding. It only took us 10 years. So it's good, good news for you guys. Only 10 years, you'll be able to... No, but when we started dating, it wasn't always easy, right? Because there's opposition. When, someone, when something's from God, when God has the man of God for you or the woman of God for you, then opposition is going to come. So we started praying. We know we did the process here in church. There's a process if you don't know about it. It's great. But then as we were dating and moving forward, some people started saying things and it's usually like family members not from my closest family like my sisters but other people like aunts and people like that they were like no 
we don't feel peace, you know, Julian. And they started saying things about Julian, which were true. I'm just kidding. <laughs> which were not true, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, my mom, she started listening to these voices and she's like, oh, let's pray about it. I'm not sure anymore. And my mom is like the main pastor. So the main pastor says, we don't feel peace about it. It's not good news, right? And I was like, okay, let's just pray about it. So we went back to Colombia. And in Colombia, we were just there and we just kept praying and say, oh God, you have everything under control. My dad was just like praying about it too. He was like chilled. He didn't say much. But Julian felt like, hey, I have to go to Colombia because I know God has spoken to me. And during that time, he got a word from God that said, the righteous will live by faith. And that was his rhema word that there, right there. And he's like, wow, I got to live by faith. So he was doing his papers at the time because he was an illegal citizen. That's why he wanted to marry me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just made that up. <laughs> no, he was... He had his, his papers were in process and all the lawyers said, you cannot go to Colombia because you know, you're in that waiting season that you're gonna wait for the response. And if you go, we don't know what's gonna happen. But he's like, you know, I got a word from God and there's like four different lawyers. He went and he's like, you cannot go, you cannot get out of the US or you're gonna lose your process. So he's like, you know, God spoke to me and I'm gonna conquer my princess in the castle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna go after my princess Fiona. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he's like, I'm just gonna go in faith to Colombia. And he went. And it was like, he could have lost all of his process and there was no hope for him. But he's like, the righteous one will live by faith. And that was his Rema word, and he kept saying it over and over and over. The righteous one will live by faith. The righteous one will live by faith. And he went, and how many months were you there, and then you got your response? Like one month later, he had been waiting for like, how many years? Like two years for his response. And one month after he left, he got his response that his process, his papers were approved. So when he acted in faith, God responded immediately. Why don't you give God a great hand of applause? Because this is what happens when you act in faith. When people say you can't, you just say, okay, I got this word. But he didn't just go just because. He went because God had told him to go. And you know, in the Bible, we find many men of God who always acted in faith. You know how they became leaders? Not because they were talented, but because they had faith. They were courageous. They were brave. So we look at, the, at Noah, for example, when he built the ark. God told him to build the ark. And people thought he was crazy. Imagine that. It's a huge ark a huge boat not a drop of rain was falling 
So people were mocking him. They're saying, you're crazy. That's not a God-given vision. But he acted in faith. He obeyed. And he was the only one who was able to be saved with his family from the flood. Let's look at Abraham, for example. Everyone thought, oh, this guy, he's already old. He's never going to be able to have children. But God told him, look at the sky, look at the stars, because your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. That was impossible because he was already an old guy. He had no kids, but he believed. And God told him, go to that land and I will bless you. So he acted in faith and he went to the unknown. And God there did the miracle. And you know, he became the father of Israel. And the promise became truth. So it's the same thing that God wants to do with you. He wants you to act in faith. Maybe God has been telling you for certain things to act. Maybe God is telling you, hey, it's the time to get that boyfriend, that girlfriend. Act in faith. Who takes that word today? Woo! Woo! How many single people here? Maybe I'm speaking to someone here. Maybe God is telling you it's time for you to get that promotion and to ask your boss for it. Maybe God is telling you to start something new, to get a startup. Who takes that thing today? Maybe God is telling you to open your cell group, to speak to a friend about Christ, and you haven't had your courage to do it. I'm speaking to someone here who hasn't had that courage. Maybe God is telling you, hey, look, that friend is about to commit suicide. That friend in your work, she needs to hear from you. And you're like, oh, but what if she rejects me? So what? Tell the person next to you, so what? What could you lose? <laughs> Not much. But what if you speak during this time? You could become a leader to that person. You can become a counselor to that person. And this is what God wants for you. When other people say you can't, God says, walk in faith. When other people say you can't, you're going to say, I'm going to live by faith and not by sight. Because this is what God has been telling me. These people told Nehemiah, this can never be done. How are you going to get the materials? How are you going to get the money? How are you going to be able to rebuild Jerusalem? But he said, God gave me a promise, and this is God's vision. It's not my vision. This was God's idea. It's not my idea. So you're going to raise up, and you're going to believe, and you're going to take that word for you. So why don't you stand up today, and you're going to say, God, I'm going to act in faith today. Because it's not my idea. It's your idea for this time, Lord. And when other people say you can't, I'm going to say, I believe in the things not yet seen. When other people say you can't, you're going to say, I'm going to be still and I'm going to know that you are God because you're going to call me. When other people say you can't, you're going to say, I'm going to believe in God's vision because it's not my vision, it's your vision. When other people say you can't, you're going to say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when other people say you can't, you're going to say just like Julian said, the righteous one will live by faith. And I'm going to
gonna act on it regardless what other people say regardless what the enemy wants to say because our fight is not against flesh and blood but against principalities against rulers in the spiritual world lord and today we're gonna believe it and we're gonna act in faith because it's a new season for us and it's a new season for you. I believe God is talking to you today to start acting in faith, to take courage, to set, do something different because God wants to give you that vision. He wants to give you that idea. And you're going to say, it's not my idea. It's your idea, Jesus. I believe it. I believe in your vision. Come on, declare it. Declare it. And just like Nehemiah said, he's going to make us succeed. He's going to do the work. So keep your nose out of this. It's none of your business because this was God's idea for my life. Come on, if you believe it, lift up your hands and say, I believe in Lord. I believe in Lord. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.